Welcome to another edition of the 33 and the third percent podcast. My name is Shane O'Mark, and I said Mark for a reason. That person who calls me Mark and go ahead and keep calling me Mark Gazowski, that's fine with me. I'm a Mark for AEW, and I love it, damn it, so keep them coming. Uh, alongside me on the Anchor app is Big Evil, Tony Sirachi. Tony, you're a little under the weather early in the week. I was afraid you weren't going to be able to make it, but it seems like you are 85 to 90% you're ready to go. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm here, and I'm heavily medicated. Yeah, <laughs> nothing better Woo. than that. So is Tobin. All right, so speaking <laughs> of Tobin, it's uh, Mike Lucky Strike Tobin. Tobin, how you feeling today? Oh, I'm fantastic, Shane. Now the show is saved that the star is back here to shoot on those AEW fanboys. Shooting-wise, I beat the fuck out Awesome. All right. And last, but certainly not least, we have that smug son of a bitch, Corey Black. Corey, how you doing? I'm doing good. To- or, uh, uh, oh, God. Big Evil may be under the weather, but I am in the weather. In I know, the apparently. Hurricane warning. Hurricane warning right now in State College, PA, Central Pennsylvania, middle of farmland. There's a big storm coming, so Corey, be safe. If we lose Corey, we will not talk about Roman Reigns until you reconnect. That'll okay. Be, that'll be so good. I will never reconnect. <laughs> hey, just make just make sure you just make sure that you like you know hold that scooter that you guys are gonna give me. Yeah, I'll give you that scooter. You're gonna love it. You and Matt Riddle are gonna ride into the sunset together. Whoa. Yeah, as I hope he burns. Oh, speaking of, so speaking of that, all right. Well, I guess well that's a good segue. There's a, a superstar, and I was I was going to talk about Great American Bash, but that's totally excited about a wrestler that he doesn't like. There's also another wrestler that he does not like, and her name is Bailey, and Bailey <laughs> is out for nine months with an undisclosed, I guess, knee injury. From what they're saying, it's actually it's actually been reported that she like did something to her ACL. Okay, all right, so that makes sense. For the for the for the nine month time frame, but um, I don't know if you guys will probably know, but other listeners out there may not have any idea what I'm talking about. Tony, did you Nancy Kerrigan this person, this poor Bailey person? Nancy Kerrigan, Hunter? Nancy Kerrigan. I I cannot accept that or deny that, so I'm gonna just leave it at that. Do we have actual audio of Bailey saying, Wow, me! (laughs) (laughs) My leg! The the fact that it's nine months, are we sure it's not the same injury that took Lacey Evans out? (laughs) Or Becky Lynch, for that matter. (laughs) So yeah, as of right now, Bailey's out for nine months, and they needed to find a replacement for the women's title match at Money in the Bank, and they picked who Tobin loved, I think she's mediocre, in Carmella. They could have made so a better I, choice, Shane. That's the bottom line. The, no, the fact the of the matter line. is, they moved the match away from the pay per view because they didn't want, they didn't need it to be a distraction. Okay, Carmella needs her main show. She needs her spotlight for this. So it's going to be on the following uh, Thursday when they're first live. So she's going to get the full crowd reaction and all the good stuff, and hopefully she'll win the title. I was just just going to ask that. You think she's going to win? I there's no way. There's no way. No chance. There's no chance she wins. But good for her for putting up the effort. But then to replace now Carmella in the Money in the Bank is Liv Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'll edit that out later. Uh, Yeah, Liv Morgan. (laughs) Don't Uh, you dare edit that out. (laughs) No, I won't. I really don't care. Um, But yeah, Liv. And it was a, it was, I call it a cringe promo. My goodness. Sonia Deville. Um, 
Yeah, that was bad. It was that was bad. bad. She was yeah. like forgetting the lines and shit. Yeah, and uh, Tobin told us the other the other night on the uh, the group chat that Tobin, you watched the entire episode of SmackDown. Thanks. I did. That's the first full SmackDown I've watched in a long time. I know it's that that deserves a round of applause, and, and it was actually better than I thought it was was going to be. So I was not fully disappointed. On the main roster, how, how many how many beers were you in? Not many, Tony. Not many. <laughs> how many how many old tub whiskeys were you in? None at that time. Wow, that's a. I was of clear, sane mind and body. That's even worse. Watching SmackDown. <laughs> well, good for you. He did it. He did it for the people. He did it for the show. I did. I did it yeah. for the people. So those are some uh, some short uh, main roster uh, questions and answers that we have and, and topics. But the first show we're going to get to, we haven't been we haven't been around in two weeks. I tried to get everybody together. It's a little easier said than done. And I'm glad we have everybody here. We're not going to talk about anything that ha- that's happened the past couple weeks and leading up to this stuff. We're mainly going to talk about what's happened this past week. So we have not only Raw and SmackDown, we have the go-home show to Money in the Bank um, this upcoming week. And then we also have AEW Road Rager, which I know Lucky Strike and Smug SOP on the edge of their seats to talk yes, about. the edge of my seat. The edge of their seats to talk about. But first, we're going to start with with WWE NXT. So NXT had their Great American Bash show live on USA this past uh, Tuesday night. Um, and we were all talking about it. And there's these shows, and just like AEW, they had Road Rager, they have Fire Fest, like they have these things during the week, uh, and they hype them up. And I get it; it's for a ratings grab. It's like you know, this is from Great American Bash. This is you know, takeover during the week. I don't know, whatever, whatever they want to, whatever they want to hype up. And then the show happens, and it's basically like an NXT, a regular NXT show because they didn't want to give anything away for free, pretty much. So. Um, but for the Great American Bash, it was kind of meh until Cole O'Reilly, and even that wasn't as good as their first, which I didn't think it would be. Um, but the way it ended was pretty good. But first, we'll start with uh, some thoughts that I had. Um, so the first thing that I had was MSK and Thatcher and Ciampa. I knew that Thatcher and Ciampa were not going to win, but the way that MSK won was a bit disturbing to me with a small package. And I'm not sure how that gets Thatcher and Ciampa over more so than they already are with the crowd. Um, but having the crowd there was fantastic too. Like that, I, I know it sounds like a broken record, but having crowds back is awesome. And it makes it a lot, lot more watchable. Let's put it that way. So that's the first thought that I have. Tony, your thoughts on MSK winning by a small package with Thatcher and Ciampa. I think it can hurt or do good for them for the sheer fact that they beat uh, Ciampa and Thatcher with um, an actual wrestling move instead of a high-flying move like they're known for. Right. I think that's the only way that it was doable. Because if they beat them with a high-flying move, people would expect that. Them doing it with an actual wrestling move, a technical move, that's another thing. I think it's more like salt on the wound than anything. Uh, Corey, your thoughts on this? Uh, honestly, just every time that Trump and Thatcher lose, I just expect Thatcher to just turn on Trump and beat the crap right. out of him. So every, every time it doesn't happen, uh, I'm more and more surprised every week. Um, this was a, this was a match that was built up on the fact that they stole a bucket of popcorn from MSK. I really had 
no interest or no expectations going into this. I honestly thought that Thatcher and Champa have done better work with the grizzled veterans over the past month, month and a half. Um, I mean, it wasn't a terrible match. Um, I do, I do agree. I didn't really have that thought process going in. I do agree with Tony that his, his uh, argument has kind of uh, brought me around to the small package finish. I actually do appreciate that a little bit more thinking about that in that way. But uh, other than that, it was just it was very, you know, I mean, nothing we haven't seen from the two teams before. I, I thought they meshed together well enough considering their two styles. That's all there really is about. I have to say about that. Lucky strikes open. Oh, where do I start? <clears throat> Bad booking. I'm going to say this from the beginning, from the stupid popcorn <laughs> start to this whole thing. You have Thatcher and you have Champa. These two guys should just be beating the fuck out of everybody that comes in their, their path. They should be these dominant tag champs. And if you want to build up MSK, you should have them win the titles off of them instead of having them defeat them with a weird small package. And I get the old school kind of win that way, but there were so many high-impact moves during the match that to win it with a small package, it, it just seemed like it lost all the luster and really killed the match. But it is nice to have the crowds back, and I think during the pandemic we realized how vital crowds are to the product that we watch. Absolutely. It, it, it's night and day. It also, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it was been a great. Also, does it remind you that uh, Champa and Thatcher were kind of remind you of uh, the revival in some way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would agree there. They come off as more legitimate. Let's put it to you that way, like the revival did. Right. So next I have uh, the forever carousel that is uh, the NXT Women's Tag Champions. And, oh, can, uh, we just, can, can we just pass on that one? Damn. <laughs> I mean, I, when, when <laughs> I, I, I guess there's no way they're going to switch the titles around again. I mean, Eo and Stark were just kind of put together uh, randomly. It looks like darts to the dartboard. And um, they actually won. And I was like, oh, okay. They have no chemistry whatsoever. Um, both obviously very talented. Um, I keep saying Zoe Stark and Saray, the match from probably about three or four weeks ago, was awesome. Um, and for me to say that a women's match is fantastic is a lot. But it was nonstop, and I would really, really enjoyed it. But yeah, um, Eo and Stark um, getting the win because of a random re-debut of Tegan Knox coming out looking like Kurt Cobain's sister um, with her flannel on. And her just kind of putting her arms up and saying, oh, man. And then, I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, she shows up on SmackDown a couple nights later. What was the point of all that? Exactly. Uh, first of all, Tegan Knox did not show up on SmackDown. Someone named Knox showed up. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I forgot the whole, let's take away both, like, take away one name and keep the other one. You go to the main roster, damn it. You're going to get your first name taken away. Just be Knox. I, I right. assume she's related to Impact Wrestling's Knox. <laughs> as soon as I saw the tank, I was like, oh, Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> What's TCB mean? It's like our Don, it's like our Donovan. How much does he weigh? What's TCB mean? <laughs> BTO, more like it. BTO, baby. But no, yeah. So the you know, the women's tag champs are, are new again, and uh, Knox. Um, in other words, the first thing that I think of when I hear Knox is either Mike Knox or Danny Glover's character in Angels in the Outfield. You mean like like Mike Knox and the Nasty Boys or what? <laughs> no, it's knobs. 
Oh, yeah, that is Knobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, Mike Knobs is like wrestler with that little um, goatee. Was like, she was. He was with a. Uh, he was with a uh, Kelly Kelly in ECW. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He Tobin was. Yeah. He stopped all the fun that first episode when she's like on the table like stripping. He's like, yeah, that was pro, but the rest of it sucked. But then, well, man, Mike Knox came in and ruined it. But, yeah, so we have new women's tag team champions. Not much to really say there, but I wrote it down saying that I can't believe they actually have new tag team champions. The bottom line is, does anybody care? Well, I mean, at this point, why did they make the tag champions if they're just going to switch them back and forth? Like, it's a never-ending carousel. And then the people that defended it are former champions – Ember Moon, I guess, is a singles wrestler now, and then Shotzi Blackheart is also on SmackDown with Knox. So, because they have a very limited of women in that company now, Ember Moon and Io Shirai are now like the Grand Slam winners of NXT. Yes, it so, it, always, it always bugs the crap out of me when someone like Io Shirai loses like the main title, and then like within a month is like a tag champ or like the Intercontinental champ or like a, a lesser. It's just like once they hit that level, they really shouldn't be going back down. But of course, like like you guys have said, there's only so many people they have. Right, and I know even though she's not at NXT anymore, but Becky Lynch, we need you. We need something. <laughs> I mean, something. we need somebody that could. Yeah, we need something in the women's division. Um, what, are you ta- what are you talking about? We got Eva Marie. I'm all in. I'm all in on Eva Marie. <laughs> <laughs> and do drop. Do drop. Tobin's not all in. Not all in with the do drop. Well, the name's <laughs> terrible. What'd you but say? I said the name's terrible, but it could be worth as a good gimmick for Eva Marie's like muscle, if you will. At least they didn't call her Dumbo Drop. They could have. That is that is true. Vince would have loved it. <laughs> Dumbo, <laughs> she's fat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my my next point here is uh, Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano. You cannot have two uh, polar opposites in these promos, especially the one with. Um, I think I think with. Uh, Samoa Joe and William Regal. I'm blanking on names. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so they are. Um, they were out in the ring, and the best thing about the promo was when Gargano told Karrion Cross that he couldn't lace his wife's boots, which I thought was hilarious because Karrion Cross can murder Johnny Gargano. Yeah, it's not even going to be a match, really. I mean, how, how are they going to book this? I'm going to. I think. I think that's the reason they put Samoa Joe in because it looks so bad on paper. They're like, we need to have like some kind of special referee in this yeah. match so let's put Samoa well, and Joe the, and the better the, the better connection and the better vibe is from Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. because mm-hmm. you think he, they're going to wrestle but Samoa Joe has no intention of being back or they told him that that they, you're not going to bring him back so we're just going to try to get him in this enforcer role has Joe officially been officially disqualified from competing or is it still day by day I haven't I heard say- anything official as far as I know it's, no. it's something with concussions they said Right. Yeah. You can't do anything unless provoked. That old storyline. Oh, so, where have I heard that from? You're right. If Karrion Cross can hit him a little bit, then Samoa so, Joe's back. Yeah, yes. So the so the finish is that Gargano pushes him into Samoa Joe, and then Samoa Joe chokes him out, and then Gargano pins him, and then Karrion Cross goes to Raw, and then he murders Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's, That's what you want, SmackDown, dude. 
Yeah. Carrying cross goes wherever he wants. Even to the wrong show to fight Roman Reigns. Yeah, and even though I said Samoa Joe instead of Roman Reigns, but you know what I meant. Different <laughs> Samoan family. It's different, yeah. It's all the same. It's the Anawahi it family it and then Samoa Joe. It turns out that Samoa Joe is the real head of the table. Oh. Table of one. At <laughs> <laughs> TGI Fridays for bottomless appetizers. Yep. Well, I thought you would have wanted them at the Applebee's with you. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't accept that crap here. <laughs> and then uh, last point I have about Great American Bash is uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole 2. Um for those of you who don't know who won, didn't watch yet, I'm sorry. Then don't listen to the show. At this point, stop the recording now. But Adam Cole won. Uh, and I feel like because it's 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 going to be the rubber match then. You know, O'Reilly has one. Adam Cole has one. They're going to have a third installment. And what is it going to be do you, from here? Where do you go do you after go? a non-sanction match and then you go to a singles match? Tony, this is this is WWE creative. You, you tell me. That's why we have the show. I have no idea where you go. It's probably it's probably going to be a loser leaves NXT match. Well, it's, right. it's kind of it's kind of like having your first uh, match as a uh, fucking war games match, and then not. I knew it. I knew finalize that. It's kind of like that. It's but not quite like ridiculous. That. By the way, Shane, um, I don't mean to correct you, but you forgot about the LA Knight and Cameron Grimes match. No, that was on. Oh purpose. yeah. <laughs> Well no, well, no, I actually wanted to talk about that, Max, because I actually, Shane will probably be happy because I will actually say that, um, you know, kind of boo on WWE for taking a gimmick that was just recently done in AEW with the whole Miro and uh, Miro and best friends thing, the whole, you know, loser has to be someone's butler. So boo for WWE for, for ripping off something in AEW as recently. A young boy. Done. Yes. Boo WWE for ripping off a storyline that AEW ripped off from WWE. Boo on them. I'm just saying if it hadn't been done recently, I wouldn't have a problem. I, I, I don't even like that whole gimmick and storyline to begin with. But no. The fact that it's been done recently in another promote in a lesser promotion, uh, you know, What's boo on WWE. It's actually the plot of the Seinfeld episode that they were when they were making a TV show. Where the guy oh, wrecks yeah. his car and he doesn't have insurance, there's gotta be a guy's butler for the show about nothing. That's right. You don't even have a match, just have a segment in the parking lot where <laughs> you know he runs into LA night and he's like, Oh man, I don't have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, I did I did forget that match, but I, yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't too impressed. It was just another another uh, match. Um, they have nothing, nothing for these two guys from here. And now that LA Knight's the million dollar champion, where do they go from here? I, I don't know. In the words of Lex Luger, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, rating ratings for Great American Bash uh, to end to put a bow on this segment, as we all know and love Conrad Thompson. Um, it had six hundred fifty four thousand view viewers, uh, and it's up from last week's episode of NXT. Obviously, but six fifty four. It was uh, lower than um, than the lesser brand, apparently. The other brand had more people. so But I'll give you that number later. For those AEW lovers out there. Calm down, Corey. Yeah, calm down, guys. <laughs> I'm just biding my time, that's all. I, I'm just going to go straight up and give it a D. It was not good. It was It was not. It was not. It, 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 it was like all these other, well, 
I'll save my rant for later, but the special uh, regularly scheduled shows, disappointing. Uh, I give it a D. I, I get Cole yeah. match I, was, was meh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's C minus D plus somewhere in that area. It's just, I mean, it's not that anything was inherently bad. It's just nope. that nothing really blows you out of the water with it. So, I mean, even though everything's fine overall it's just you know it's disappointing because it's so meh so i think i think they got more viewers this week because of the whole great american bash tagline that's about it yeah well that's what that's why they do it yep yeah they do it, they do it for a ratings grab so i totally get that tony what do you what do you give the grade i'm gonna agree with i mean uh tobin we can give it a d for uh, for dumpster fire. I mean, <laughs> if you look at it, if you look at this show compared to the one from last year, where they had a winner take all with Keith Lee and Adam Cole, that closed the show, and that was a great match. Then, and then you end this show with just a regular singles match with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly after they had a non-sanctioned match at Takeover. It makes no sense. None. Right. Right. It's just yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just a match. There's like nothing said, on the line. Week, our, our show our show should just be called Bad Booking. <laughs> That's literally all we talked about the whole time. I just really But yeah, so yeah, to put a bow on it, I'll give it a I'll give it a C minus. I won't give it a D. There's you know still still decent matches. Uh, I did like the MSK Thatcher and Champa match. Uh, Cross Gargano promo was entertaining to me, other than Gargano being Gargano and dorky and and all that stuff, but Samoa Joe getting a face-to-face across, you know, gets me excited. Hopefully, there might potentially be something there. Um, and then Cross actually recognizing the main roster, and he wants to main event WrestleMania is is a little bit of foreshadowing. I feel as well. Yeah, I could definitely just, see it. I'm yeah. I'm just still confused about the Tegan Knox date redebut. Yeah, I don't I don't get it with NXT, and then she goes right to SmackDown. That seemed She's, like it was kind of on the fly because maybe Bailey was out, and like we got to get more people up there. Yeah, I, she was uh, fully charged. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I guess yeah because was was that the first time they've had that? Because that the 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 battery on SmackDown. No, I think they were doing random like, oh, here's the battery charging up, and then it happened to be her, and then like her first match back is on SmackDown and not NXT where right. they're clearly going to start a storyline with Candice LeRae because let's it was her that cost them the tag titles let's because just of the distraction. Like, sorry. Didn't mean Go ahead. Go ahead. I, just hope, I just hope she's not like uh, Shane's cell phone battery and runs out very quickly. She's <laughs> back on the injured list. <laughs> you leave my cell phone battery alone for you. All right. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a little break. And coming up next, we're going to talk about on day now Raw. It's not what it used to be. That's all I'll say. So coming up next, we'll talk about Raw. Then we'll get to some SmackDown. Um, talk a little bit about Road Ranger. Um, and we will end the show with our first week of top five. Top five wrestling attires. That can go on for a while. I have five, and I got ten honorable mentions, and I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> oh, we are doing honorable mentions, and we're going to have a an official 33 and a third percent podcast list of the top five best attires that we all come together and put together for you. Right. I mean, I mean, spoiler alert: 
Like, we already know what Corey's number one is. It's Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's not true! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, there's a tornado. It's coming for me. <laughs> there it is. Here it comes. See you guys later. <laughs> and we'll take a break. We'll be right back. So, so, um, so Cole versus O'Reilly on a baseball field? <laughs> Football field, damn it. No, this well, is they no. They, they, they got to do something. Just a little bit. Yeah. Oh. It's gonna be on an ice rink. You guys are so clever. I think you're so clever with your AW hate. What's going on, all you listeners out there? This is Shane Omakazowski from the 33 and a third percent podcast. Want to hit us up on social media? Hit us up on Twitter at the number 33 and a third pod, or you can hit us up on Instagram or like the cool kids call it IG at the number 33. And a third podcast. Questions, comments, retweets, tweets, pictures, love, hate mail. We'll take it all at the number 33 and a third pod on Twitter and on IG at the number 33 and a third podcast. Welcome back to the, the 33 and a third percent podcast. I am Shane Mark Markowski. Alongside me via phone is Corey Smug, SOB Black, Mike, and Big Evil, Tony Sirachi. Yeah. Everybody's doing all right. We're going to get quickly into the main roster shows, uh, Raw <laughs> and SmackDown. Uh, first, we'll start with Raw. Um, and I'm going to go to Corey Black for this one and his, his uh, quick five minute break on Raw. I'm timing you, Corey. Okay, well, <laughs> stop me if you've heard this one before. Oh. A week from Money in the Bank, where we have all the participants in the middle of the ring standing around a ladder and talking the hell you about say. the match. The hell you say. Yeah, I know. And then, uh, of course, Riddle climbed to the top and, uh, you know, he was uh, crying over Randy Orton not being there. Uh, and that brilliant segment leads us into another Ricochet versus John Morrison match where Morrison wins by countout. Uh, which, of course, will lead to another match next week uh, where I believe it's Falls Count Anywhere or No DQ or something. Yep, I don't falls know. Count Anywhere, that's correct. Okay. And then uh, super cool biker Jinder Mahal pulls up to the arena <laughs> and talks about his past with Drew McIntyre and 3MB. Those two will be having a match later in the night. Uh, Eight-man women's tag match featuring the women in the ladder match, I believe, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Asuka, Naomi. Against Eva Marie, Dewdrop, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, blah blah blah. Eva Marie still looks terrible. Blah blah blah. She uh, looks roll tide. Yeah. Uh, wrestling. Well, well, wrestling wise, yes, wrestling wise. Uh, I believe Nia Jax got the cover after a terrible Simone drop because everything she does looks stupid. Um, Eva Marie took credit for the entire win. Da da da. Uh, Mustafa Ali broke wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. Are you really going to step over the fact that Nikki Cross is a freaking superhero? Uh, she's not a superhero. She's an almost superhero. She's an <laughs> SI. She's a superhero in training? Mm, she's not so a superhero she's... in training either. So she's shit? No, she's <laughs> she's, she's better than Nia Jax, that's for sure. <laughs> Shit. They have oh basically they have basically said they're they're naming her Ash, Nikki Ash, almost superhero. Yeah, and that's fucking doing, stupid. They're, they're doing that because they don't want her to get confused with Carrion Cross. 
<laughs> oh my god, no, no. All right, all I right. bet you that's what it is, dude. That's what I've heard. This is tremendous. Okay. Oh, uh, Mustafa Ali ends Mansoor's 50-year winning streak by pinning him with a, I believe it was a roll-up. Yeah, it was a roll-up. Uh, that, of course, leads us to the epic Drew McIntyre-Jinder Mahal match, which uh, Drew McIntyre wins by DQ after, I believe it's Shanky and Veer uh, helped Jinder Mahal beat the crap out of McIntyre, and they basically almost just uh, stabbed him with his own sword. <laughs> Um, da, da, da. and of course, my favorite match of the night: Lucha House Party beat Mason T-Bar. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible waste of Donovan Don, Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, your boy. Da, yeah, I know. I'm so so mad about that. Uh, AJ Styles and Riddle had a pretty decent match. Um, Riddle ended up beating AJ Styles, although that's, uh, I mean, that's making Tony happy. I'm super sure. Oh yeah, I got the <laughs> knife to my wrist already. I just saw, yeah, I just I mean, saw a, a tweet from Styles where he, uh, someone called him out saying, "I wish he would were booked better." But he's saying, you know, they made me a star, and now's my time to give back. So, I guess he's acknowledging because apparently these fucking wrestlers can't keep kayfabe even on Twitter. That uh, you know he's going to be putting guys over and making them look good. So, who's social the, media, the, social media ruins everything. It does. Who's the, who's the only wrestler that's kayfabe? MJF. That's the only person I can think of. Yeah, he's one of the few that still is. But he's more, he's more kayfabe on online and in person than he is on TV. So I, I don't get that either. And actually, that might be him. That's the thing. It's, it might not even be kayfabe. It might actually be MJF. Yeah, he might just be a dick. Yeah, you never know. I think the only I think the only kayfabe person in wrestling is that guy who jumped the rail on AEW. <laughs> That's not the se- that's not the segment we're in right now, Corey. Yeah, oh, sorry. Put it together. I know you're excited about your AEW filibuster later, all right? We're we're in the we're in the exciting segment where Charlotte Flair comes down to the ring on crutches. But guess what? It's all a bunch of crap. She doesn't need them. <laughs> and she tries to attack Ripley, but Ripley outsmarts her. And who, then the who also break- comes out on crutches? They start hitting each other with crutches. I heard it was awful. So is this match going to be a crutch match now? No, th- this match is just a crutch to get through the card. <laughs> <laughs> Tables, ladders, stairs, and chairs, and crutches. Oh, crutches my. And bedpans. <laughs> and enemas. Uh, I think, what was it? Elias and Cedric Alexander took on Jackson Riker and R-Truth. During the match, the whole 24-7 division came down. R-Truth took off with them leaving Jackson Riker to beat the crap out of Elias and Cedric Alexander on his own. Uh, and then the main event, of course, was the New Day versus Bobby Lashley MVP. I have to say that actually this is like the one thing that is working for me on Raw is Bobby Lashley and Kofi. Kofi's getting a little Kofi's getting a little fire under him. Uh, and, I've, of course, the Hurt Business is still working for me, even though it's down to just MVP and Lashley. Main event wasn't too bad. Uh, the New Day do end up getting the win. Uh, Kofi, of course, hits a trouble in paradise on MVP, and they celebrate as Bobby Lashley looks pissed off in the middle of the ring. And that's how the the this era of Raw ends. That was tremendous. I, we're probably going to do that every week. I was, that made I, me not want to even watch my DVR, so thanks, Corey. No problem. Bravo. Bravo. 
That's great. But then, uh, so quickly, next week, I wrote down some matches for next week. I did my part. Um, Sheamus and Humbero Carrillo for the U.S. title. That's a, that'll put some butts in the seats. That guy's um, still around. 50 people got yeah. released, and he wasn't one of them? Nope. Exactly. He's That's still shocking. Right. You got Lashley and Xavier Woods, obviously, pushing that uh, main event at Money in the Bank. So continuing with the segment, you guys almost missed out on the two biggest matches of next week's Monday Night Raw. You have AJ Styles versus Ivar and Almost versus Eric. Yep, the tag title match split up. How oh, much man. how much do you how much do you want to bet they get those matches flip-flopped and they get Eric and Ivar switched by next week? <laughs> That's a good chance. How much how much you want to bet that it's a, they're going to realize that it's a stupid concept and they're like let's just put them in a tag match for the titles. Oh wait, that's logic. Never mind. Yeah, if they stopped doing things because it's a stupid concept, the wrestling would be done with. Right. So next, we're going to go to SmackDown Live, and uh, the first thing that we'll bring up is well, it's all around the internet. Not the last couple of days here, um, Jay got caught again with uh, a DUI, and his blood alcohol content was zero point three zero. That was zero point two. There was point, no, it was point two three point or something. Eight. Point two zero. No, I'm not a drinker or anything. What? What? How high is that, Tobin? Shane? One, one, That's pretty one high. Beer, one, yeah, one beer it probably it's gets point, you like zero point zero three. Or yeah, for for your average weight of a person is right point zero two, but so probably so. like two beers you can't drive. So that's like over zero point zero eight. He was zero point two three. That's probably eight to ten beers. No, he wasn't zero point two. Point two zero. So point gotcha. zero eight is a legal limit. He was left what? Decimals are my strong suit. Yes. That's why, I'm, but... that's why I'm in podcast business. <laughs> do we do we know if when he got out of the vehicle he was carrying an empty coconut shell and drinking with a straw in the <laughs> umbrella? I, I didn't see that on the dash cam footage. Now, oh, well, that's just disappointing. <laughs> So I want I, I want to pick your guys' brain. So we'll go we'll go Corey Tobin and Tony. All right, that order. What what would you guys do with Jey Uso? This is his second offense, third offense, and apparently a lot of background uh, backstage people are pretty pissed off. Um, like, what would you straight up suspend them? Would you uh, release them? What would you guys do? They can't release them. They have to take them off. Okay. Well, Get them in rehab. The fact that this is like his biggest push and he can't get out of his own way during his mm-hmm. big, I mean, he's already done this before, so it's not to say that it won't happen again, but I mean, like guys like Orton have done stupid crap before and they've managed to turn it around. I would say suspend him. I mean, you do have a spare Uso that you can use. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just come off a factory line. I, I mean, if, if they just do split screen, you know, just have a tag match and it's just, you know, split screen it. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, this is kind of a, you know, a serious issue for, you know, a dude going through some stuff, obviously. But uh, yeah, if, I mean, if you're in the middle of your biggest push and you can't get out of your own way and not get a DUI, just stay home and do your damn drinking. Um, I think you, he does need to seek some sort of help. I say you pull him off TV for a little bit and just try to try to run with uh, try to run with just Jay and Roman for a little bit. Maybe even do an injury angle or something. But yeah, you got to get the guys some help. Pull him off TV. So who got pulled over, Jim or Jay? I thought it was Jimmy. Oh, 
He's the one that's married to Naomi, right? Hang on. Because um, apparently that Naomi deleted her Twitter because a bunch of angry fans were attacking they're her. They're literally threatening to kill her in that. Yeah, they were threatening to kill her, and then she she deleted her Twitter. But... It's yeah, she's married to Jimmy. Yeah, so they were giving her heat because the the IWC is toxic as fuck. But uh, apparently, you know, if Jr. says WWE Dynamite or you know, somebody's husband gets a DUI, it's their fault, and they want them to die. But it's neither here nor there. It's just, it's all yeah, fucked it, up. The IWC it, should take a lesson from us and be way less toxic about pro wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, what it really comes down to is if this was like anybody else, like if this wasn't one of his biggest runs now and he was just like, you know, opening or mid card. He'd be suspended or fired, but since he's part of the family, they're giving him all the chances. If if well, we've learned anything about what happens when an Uso gets in trouble, hang on to those titles for dear life, Mysterios. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they well, have yeah. a, they pretty much have a storyline in in place right now, and they don't want to jeopardize that. Yeah, absolutely. All hope and prayers out to Jimmy Uso that he gets his shit together. That's all I'll say, but that's up to him, not me. Good driving, brother. Make your wife do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was calling Uber. <laughs> yeah, we have these. We have these handheld computers called phones. No, I mean at all. And, and Tamina is even worse, which I didn't think was possible. Oh, she's like, bad. Really, like really bad. So, um, yeah, that's really all. That's really all I have to say about that segment. It was. Um, I I don't know how Tamina put it, but instead instead of saying like let's get this over with. She said, let's over get this with. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, and, well. And the Uso was the one drinking? Right. <laughs> I think I think Jimmy gave Tamina something because she's also a part of this, another family. Like, hey, here. And we're all, we're all part of the family. Let's all drink together. What's he drinking? I want some. I want some too. Let's get this over with this. I want some too. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's open singing. You know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Sam Kinison version. Triggered, triggered. Forward, damn it. So Cesaro had a match with with uh, Drip King. I call him the Drip King. Seth Rollins. Uh, Rollins gets Cesaro was bloody pretty bad in this match, uh, but Rollins gets the last spot in the Men's Money in the Bank match. Um, so as of right now. We have the men's money set for next Sunday night, uh, live on Peacock. Uh, we have Ricochet, John Morrison, Drew McIntyre, and Riddle from the Raw brand. And you have Kevin Owens, Big E, Nakamura, and Rollins from SmackDown. It's King so Nakamura. I, my apologies. King Nakamura. Uh, and Rick, Rick Boogs. That's his boy. Damn right. I still understand Rick Boogs and why he's there. Neither I do like, I. I guess. I mean, he's entertaining. But, like, where did he come from? Like, was he was he a guy from another organization that came in? Or was he, like, at NXT? I'd never seen him in NXT. He, well, you he, see, he, well, he, you he see literally Shane. He had two, in, two appearances in NXT. Well, well, you see, Shane, is they release all this good ta- uh, talent, and they bring in a nobody to pay him less. 
It sounds like, Tony, what you're really saying is that they release a bunch of nobodies and then push more nobodies. First Kinda. of all, don't anybody call Rick Boogs a nobody ever. <laughs> Corey likes the Rick Boogs. I do, man. He is awesome. I just I, I watched a little bit of SmackDown and it was they got out of a Mercedes SUV, looked like a Jeep, and Nakamura gets out of the car. He's like, "This is nice." And that's like the only thing. Yeah, poor Baron Corbin. We're supposed to feel bad for him now. I don't get it. I'm not. I've never felt bad for Baron Corbin, ever. I still has nobody commented that this dude totally ripped off Elias's gimmick? Like it's the exact same gimmick. Pretty much. <laughs> but so it's an electric, electric guitar instead of a acoustic yeah, guitar. Yeah, it's like a metal guitar as opposed to an acoustic one. Like really? See, I, I stopped liking Corbin when he left NXT. I think everybody stopped liking Corbin once he left NXT. I, I still kinda like Baron Corbin, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I guess they were talking. I guess Pat McAfee was talking about his receding hairline on Friday because <laughs> he's getting grown his hair back. He's like, "Yeah, it's uh, it's receding a little bit." I'm like, thanks, Pat. Right. Yeah, I say Pat McAfee is tremendous on commentary. He is. He is. He's very, super entertaining, and it kind of gives me a new, um, like the, this generation's Jerry the King Lawler. He's yes. funny. He's good. Like, there's yeah. a picture. There's a picture going around with Pat McAfee sitting on Michael Cole's like shoulders. What is that from? <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna continue uh, with this. We did lose Corey. Um, I really hope he has, didn't get uh, lost in the tornado. Uh, oh God! I know. Oh, I'm gonna we make the joke. We, we can't. We, <laughs> we can't. We can't talk about Roman Reigns till he gets back. Oh man, the Sharknado got him. Sharknado got him. Yeah. But uh, shit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's the men's money bank. Oh uh, yeah, Rick Boobs, don't really get it. And then um, there's a women's money in the bank. All I have so far is Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. So who are the other ones, Tony? Do you have it up? Uh, we got Naomi. Okay. You said Nikki Cross. I'm going to just go through the list because I can't remember yeah, what sure. you said. Yeah. It's it's Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, <laughs> and the returning Zelina Vega. And oh, then right. it says two more TBD. Okay, I gotta say that's six. Now oh, two more TBD. So they're gonna bring it down to the wire on the go home episode of SmackDown Live. So I know uh, for me, looking forward to the Raw after Money in the Bank. First one fan place is gonna be rocking and rolling, and I feel like they're gonna be uh, just. Very loud and cheering everybody, even the bad guys. In, yeah, in your opi- in your opinion, who do you think the two TBDs will be? God, you're talking to me about the women's division. Um, <laughs> oh, that o- that also that also goes to Tobin too. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was Tobin knows. Throw that to me. Yeah, Tobin knows. Because I, I have me. my opinion. I have my thoughts, but uh, who's on? Who's on? Okay, I guess it's Raw and SmackDown. Um, so Liv, Bliss, Oscar, Naomi, Nikki, and Vega. Carmella's in the title match. See, that's going to be one of my picks is whoever loses that title match. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then I'm just going to put Charlotte in there because I don't care if she's in the other match. <laughs> I have a feeling, you know I what? I put Charlotte You in know there. what? You know what? That's probably not That's probably not a far-fetched plan for the sheer fact that, like, let's say she loses to real Ripley at the pay-per-view right. and the, and the women's ladder match is uh, last or something right, like possible. that. 
Yeah, she I can think, enter. I think, I think we'll figure it out depending on the order of the matches. She she will probably pull a Brock Lesnar. Remember when Brock <laughs> Lesnar won? That, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, when Brock yeah. yeah entered himself in. But who's left? Who's left on which shows? Like you got. I'm guessing. I'm guessing have? one for each show. Okay. So you're going to have one from Raw, one from SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Because you have three. You have three and three right now. Mm-hmm. No, you have, no. Actually, it should be two SmackDown for the sheer fact that everybody else is on Raw. Raw. Okay. Oscar, Naomi, Alexa, and Nikki are on. Uh, oh, I can't even tell you who's on SmackDown. Then. It's Liv Morgan and Zelina Vega that are only two SmackDown, so it's going to be two SmackDown people. I don't know. They'll change it up, and it'll be Charlotte Flair. We all know this. Let's just give her the titles, all of them. Women's SmackDown, Raw, Money in the Bank. Let's make her queen I, of the ring too. Maybe Carmella I come know. back in it too. If she loses, Tobin's all in. Yeah, maybe she loses. She'll be a three-time money in the bank. She'll go down to Carson Street, get some drinks with her boy, Corey Graves, and then she'll go right back into the ring and then fight for a title. Yep. Down down Carson Street. I remember when Pat McAfee got got relief more short. Flames on him or something to WrestleMania a couple years ago. He was like talking trash on the organization. He's like, yeah, he's like, I just showed up to my job with short. Was it on Easter or something? He got released supposedly. Well, that was the that was the next time he got released. This is when he was uh, just on the. Oh, uh, okay. He and he was like just starting out his podcast and everything, and he went to the WrestleMania. It might have been, it might have been right before the one in New York. So it had to be like it had to be like three four years ago, and it was I think it was in it was in Miami, and he was there and. He got a lot of flack for wearing like shorts and like boat shoes in there. And Kevin Don and everybody was like, "He's like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "We're we're in we're in we're in Miami. Like we're just living the life." And they were uh, they were they were about it. So they like they were like released, and then he came back and again, and then he came back. Now he's the color guy on. <laughs> so we are. Good for Pat McAfee. He's he, he's a busy man. So he makes he, may, he makes a pretty penny. He can even afford a cab. Good. Yeah, I know. I Tobin and I were at a concert last week, and we were calling Ubers. So actually, not even calling Ubers. Actually, touching my phone, and they actually called them themselves, and they came and picked us up. Pretty awesome technology. Pass it on. So uh, next, we have um, what I was talking about earlier with a Knox, and then was it? Is it, is it just Shotzi now? Yep. Yeah. They came out on the fucking tank, dude. It was I was done after that. <laughs> well, that's her gimmick. That's, that's I Shotzi's understand gimmick. that's her gimmick. That's an NXT gimmick. They got to figure shit out. <laughs> they got to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. She'll actually come out in a real tank with the live <laughs> crowds now. Right. And um, yeah, the so Shotzi and Knox came out, and uh, they found the god awful women's tag team champions. Of Natty and um, Tamina, and my goodness, those, those promos from Tamina and Natalia. Oh my goodness! It's like she. It. It's like Natalia has never talked before. So Corey's not back yet. I'm getting worried. So we're gonna take a break. When we get back, we're gonna talk about Tobin's favorite segment really quickly. We're gonna talk about Road Ranger yeah, after sure. right after these unpaid messages. <laughs> Welcome back 
to the next segment on the 33 to 30% podcast. I am Shane Gazowski. Alongside me is Mike Lucky Strike Tobin and Tony oh. Big Evil Sirachi. Uh, Tobin is late night grilling. You hear the birds in the background. Nice summer evening in western Pennsylvania. Uh, Tony Big Evil Sirachi is inside, so it's silent. And apparently, Corey potentially may have been taken up by the tornado. No, let's let, let's say what he's doing. He's he's chasing tornadoes with Helen Hunt. Come on now, yes, chasing with uh with Van Halen in the background. That's right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think people do reckon think people know that reference. Probably not. They probably they're gonna have to. The fact of the matter <laughs> is, Van Halen's the greatest fan of all time. If you don't like that, I will fight you personally. I was talking about the movie reference. <laughs> I'm assuming everybody everybody has seen the movie, unless you're like 12 or something. I've had people at work, and they are 20, like 22, 23 years old, and they do not know who John Candy is. That's sad. Okay, okay, we're we're gonna go back to the wrestling talk because that just annoyed yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I that. too made me feel old, plus frustrated and annoyed. You don't so. mess with Uncle Buck here. Yeah, you don't mess with John Candy, right? Uh, but so- guys, the bottom line is, I'm out here <laughs> grilling burgers, smoking a premium cigar, drinking the champagne of beers, loving life and living the American dream. Something that these AEW sexuals online could only dream of in their little computerized fantasy. The fact of the matter is they know they want this, but they can never have it because they're losers that worship a subpar product. And that's the bottom line. I haven't even gone over the show yet. (laughs) Let me go over the show first, and then you can say whatever you want. Save your filibuster for afterward. So, uh, but yes, Corey's power went out, and like no, he said, oh, I should be back. You guys can hear me. Woo! There he is. Oh yeah. shit, Corey! How was chasing the tornado with Helen Hunt? It was a lot of fun. A lot of Pepsi cans <laughs> flying around. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Okay, perfect. Well, Corey, you're you're back just in time. We're here to talk about AEW Road Ranger. Oh boy. Oh boy. So I'm gonna do what Corey just did about Monday Night Raw. With my notes here, and I'm going to tell you guys the, the amount of viewers that watched, and uh, we'll have some uh, quick news and notes about um, some other organizations tonight having some shows, and then there's a show uh, on July 7th. We'll, we'll get to that afterwards. So, AEW Road Rager, they are on the road, hence Road Rager. They're in Miami. They're staying in the state of Florida, um, and they started off with uh, Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall in a strap I got to go to all four uh, four corners and things like that, like the old school, like death day Tra- tradition, tradition, baby. And um, match is okay. Uh, Cody Rhodes eventually won. As- oh, shocker! <laughs> I really, I really thought, I really thought this match was great. I enjoyed yeah, it. it. Shane, yeah. I, I, not to correct you or anything, but I believe it's QT Marshall. I believe that's his name. <laughs> Yeah, is is a Marshall? My apologies. I, I, I <laughs> it is indeed it. Marshall. It's T Marshall. Yeah, sorry. No relation to Lee Marshall, the person on the one hundred collapse hotline, <laughs> Thunder Days, and old school Nitro Days, and the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, damn. That's right. That's right. The more you know. Dun, uh, so dun, dun, dun. AEW though is not great. <laughs> Next Moving segment on. we got we got Kenny Omega 
and Don Callis coming out. They push that jabroni Tony Schiavone out of the way. Don Callis takes over. Mind you, I love Don Callis. And um, we'll get to that later. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Feel the anger. But the, the highlight of the segment, and I was reading it online, and I started dying. And I know Tobit, everybody here will hate this, but I thought it was hilarious. Evil Uno comes out and calls Don Callis his weird uncle and uh, Omega's weird uncle. And then Omega looks at him and says, what's the capital of Thailand? And kicks him right in the dick. I thought it was hilarious. See, now you guys are laughing, but I'm going to say it for Corey. Right, right in the nuggy. Right in the nuggy. I'm not a geography major. I didn't get that joke. <laughs> so are we, Are you going to uh, like go past the fact that Kenny Omega now has the look of Lemmy from Motorhead? Which is, yes, which is basically 2003 Triple H. Pretty much. Yeah, I was going to skip over that because I thought you guys had a rebuttal. <laughs> I mean, just just saying. Van Halen can be on stage in any show. Eddie Van Halen can come back from the dead, and Tobin may have a problem. They just deserve a show. That's all I'm saying. They deserve a better show. I got you. So then we have another segment with Jim Ross sitting down with uh, all the ego, Ethan Page and Darby Allen talking about back in the day, indie love. Hey, man, it's not my fault that I got big. You stayed. It's not my fault you had dinners with your wife instead of hanging out with me. And then Paige is like, I'm going to put you in the coffin for good. And that's pretty much what happened. And that's what's happening next week. Next week, coffin match. Undertaker's going to come out. Don't yeah, just the Undertaker with this crap. Hey, Corey's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's gone. So see um, and then there was a match with the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle uh, with Conan with the Inner Circle and then Telly Blanchard with Pinnacle, of course. And then apparently Conan... Uh, you know, his ass beat, and uh, he might be getting written off the But then he gave Wardlow a slapjack, which I would love to see. I just <laughs> Tony, can you did you watch the slapjack? I'm kind of over the whole pinnacle versus the inner circle feud. So I it. literally, I literally just skipped over this match. Rest in ring wrestling debut against All High. That side, Al. How did you feel about Andrade's in-ring debut, Tony? You know, I felt that this match was actually pretty good. Like, Andrade came out dressed as Black Mask from the Batman comics, pretty much. It's a plus in my book. But um, Matt Seidel, and if you're old enough to remember, Evan Bourne, um, the whole high-flying thing still works these days with certain people, and this match was just great with that. It was a it was a pretty decent match. I enjoyed it. All right, that's surprising. That that's a good thing from Corey. Sorry, I mean, I mean, they did a lot in this match for six in with the six minutes that they did. Right. Oh, they got six minutes. So that's that's news to me. Because you know why they got six minutes? Because they needed room for the Bucky Boys to retain the tag titles against Eddie Kingston and Penta Saramir. They didn't make a shock the Young Bucks didn't put anybody over. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna tell you that this was a this was a good match also. That's what I heard. It was it was nonstop action at the at the very end of the night. Hot crowd in Miami overall, and uh, Road Rager 
uh, the viewers did 871,000 viewers, but it's down from the week before. They did 883,000 the week before, so it is down for, for this week. Um, some news and notes other than AW Road Ranger on, on the same company, All Out is in Chicago again this year, September 5th. Um, last year, obviously, everything got and um, I, I, cu- I couldn't help but notice that you um, skipped over to uh, one of the segments on Road Rager, and that was the debut of Malachi Black. Yes, yes. I didn't skip who, over that's what you're saying. Who, uh, who debuted and give Arn- Anderson credit, he took a bump and he took a hit. Oh, and then the crap they, kicked out of him. And, and then did. Cody took, took a bump too. So, so Malachi Black has arrived. Uh, for those of you who don't know or are living under a rock, that is Alistair Black or Tommy End. Uh, and he debuted on AEW Road Rager and kicked the shit out of Mar Anderson. And then debuted, debuted early because of the screw up in WWE. You know, yeah. now, Tony, everybody's been talking about that. Now, I had heard, now, I don't know, this is all rumors and innuendo, but that the WWE was granting them early releases from their no complete. 90 day no compete clauses. Whether or if not that, that's true, the, I don't know, but I had heard that before Alistair Black had debuted in AEW. So I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that's what I had heard. Well, if if the original rumor uh, is true, that's a ma- like it wouldn't be surprised if they screwed up a contract here and there in WWE. It's no. happened before, but like. Him debuting this early sets a tone for a lot of other release people. It does. It does, but I think now whoever gets released, they're going to look pretty close at the contract. Right. <laughs> Depending on who they are. I mean, if it's Alistair Black, they should have definitely looked at it. So, so from what I've read, it, NXT uh, superstars get the 30-day if they get released. Right. To the main roster, they get a 90-day. They just never changed it. He got moved up to the main roster, which wasn't for long. And I think that's why they may have screwed it up. But for me, no excuse. If you're WWE and, and WWE corporate, you got to look at those, those contracts. Murphy Murphy said he got a phone call the next day, and they asked him if his no-compete clause was 30 or 90 days. So <laughs> why would you ask that? It's so, it's so funny. Well, because I don't know. because they're they're bringing they're bringing Murphy into AEW soon. Well, of course. I mean, they're they're going to pick up the releases. I mean, that's just normal. Just depends that's on AEW picking up the scraps. <laughs> scraps. <laughs> well, how how do you guys feel? Ranger, open up to the AEW followers. Tobin and Corey. I'll, t- I'll let Tobin go first, unless right, you want me to go first. You sure about that? All right. Corey, why don't you go first? Because I, I need some time to get this all together <laughs> here. Uh, I mean, I thought the uh, the MJF Y2J thing uh, was a little bit of a debacle with the fan, although I think uh, a lot was said, and I think a lot of, of fun was had over with it over the week. Um, although I'm not exactly loving the whole the recreation of the basically Cody Rhodes and MJF with the whole four labors or whatever it is that he has to perform before he has a match with them. Um, I thought, I mean, overall it's kind of the same thing I had with NXT is like some of the matches were good. The main event I thought them, I enjoyed the main event. Um, uh, Strap match was okay. And 
and Andrade's debut was pretty good, but uh, I mean, it's just like kind of like what we said earlier. It's just kind of like the whole just calling stuff and hyping stuff up as a special for the sake of getting more viewers in there is kind of very played out at this point. And I think it becomes a detriment to the pr- to the product at some point if just everything is said to be so special and you know then eventually you're like oh they're just doing it to get viewers and then it kind of drives people away but uh i mean it was it was a pretty good show honestly i would rate it higher than the great american bash i thought it was better than the great american bash and that's that Ooh, hot i really am i'm very impressed but unfortunately you're wrong (laughs) 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 fact of the matter is these two companies, the two biggest wrestling companies on the planet, they're putting on these special shows and calling it Road Ranger or the Great American Bash or Fighter Fest. What the fuck does that even mean? Is it at a different time slot? Is it a special show? Is it longer? No. It's just a regular edition of the show that they're branding with a different name and calling it whatever they want to call it and making it seem like it's bigger and not delivering upon that. It's not a pay-per-view. We all know this. This isn't anything special. This is just a ratings grab, a pathetic, boring ratings grab. And quite honestly, by all accounts, the last episode of Dynamite was superior to Road Rager with that MJF uh, MJF match. But I digress. It's all garbage anyway because it's AEW. And these folks think, especially the internet fans, think that they know what wrestling is. And think that Kenny Omega is the greatest, and the Young Bucks actually put on a good tag team match. These guys have no clue what the fuck they're doing. It's all about them getting their shit in. And there actually can be some good wrestling on AEW, but once the EVPs get involved, it's all about how they can put themselves over, make themselves look good, and uh, basically bury anybody who decides to even be booked to challenge them. But the bottom line is these special shows are a waste of time. They're a waste of money. And I won't recognize them as anything more than just an additional NXT or an additional episode of Dynamite. And that, sir, is my rant. So I got a question. Isn't Corey supposed to be the smug one? I, I'm, I'm securing my smugness. I'm still okay with it. <laughs> There's no smug about it, Tony. That's a fact. That is knowledge <laughs> you and all the Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you here, Tobin. I thought this show was great, with the exception of the Orange Cassidy and Chris Dattler and Blade and Bunny match. I thought this show was great. great. It's that simple. Great. Uh, we're watching the same product. That strap match is agonizingly long. Cody Rhodes. Uh, Delivered two of his crossroads and then hit all turnbuckles like it was nothing. Like QT Marshall, one of the top end bookers with Tony Khan, job to Cody Rhodes once again, like everybody else does. Much like Tommy and Alistair Black or Michaela Black, whatever the hell his name is now. <laughs> He's not going to give up a spot. Cody Rhodes is an EVP. And as we know in this company, the EVPs always fucking win. Does does anyone actually think that Cody Rhodes will do the job for Aleister Black? I hope. I do. <laughs> hope and, I think, I think... and understanding are two different things, Tony. You can hope that you're going to win a million dollars, but the fact of the matter is you're not. Okay, you got to look reality in the face. All these eight marks 
don't ever look at reality. They look at themselves and they look at their product and say, ooh, it's subpar like me. Yeah, you're all subpar. It's not better. You suck. Well, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a moment to put like burn cream on there. Yes, I mean I, I guess it, it's 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 well said. I don't I don't agree with with most of it, but I mean this is just good podcasts. I, I mean it, it's just it's just a good po- podcast extreme uh, for that for that segment. I know, uh, hey, Kurt will we'll love that, and I hope he's happy and while he's watching Bret Hart matches from '94. Uh, <laughs> good for him. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't watch Road, Road Ranger yet, so I can, but I can still be my AW Markness and, and it's, uh, I like the, the white city, bright lights, Miami. I like how they're doing, doing all that. Um, the thing that I am concerned and like we alluded to in the green room segments, as we call it, Tobin, is that Tony Khan is, is taking literally anybody from WWE. Absolutely. And, and what you need to do is is pick and choose who you want. Um, you know, back in the day, Bischoff and Vince didn't just take everybody. I mean, they exchanged the top guys or the guys that were in the mid card and made them top guys. But you don't, you can't just pick up everybody. And I, I feel like now it's back to there's only two companies, and a lot of guys aren't going to the Ring of Honors because they're they're too small and they're not going to get their their push or they're not going to. Uh, go to uh, TNA because, you know, TNA is only on one channel and they only have certain shows every week. For the life of me, I still can't understand how Impact Wrestling is higher than Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, it's just because of funding at some point. Impact Wrestling is just better, better at business than Ring of Honor. And it only took them, what, 20 years to figure it out? Well, right. Well, here, well here, the fact of the matter is, if you're a former WWE talent, you just got released in your 90 days or 30 days, whatever the fuck it is now, it's up. If Tony Khan comes to you, here's a bunch of my daddy's money, aren't you going to take it as opposed to saying, well, here's a legitimate promotion that might not provide me as much money, but I could actually like be booked in good matches. Now you're going to go and take daddy's money because you don't know how long your career is going to be. You could blow your knee out tomorrow. Yeah. I, mean, I, I agree with that. I just, I'm just concerned for Tony Khan's sake that he's taking on guys. And oh, he absolutely is because he's a mark, dude. He doesn't know what he's doing. So yeah, that's, that's on the bottom line. But speaking of Impact Wrestling, July 17th, mark it on your calendar, Tony. Nope. Kenny Omega, Sammy Callahan, Slammiversary. Live from Nashville, Jeff Jarrett's backyard. <laughs> I to- I told you in our in our te- text if one of you get one of my top five, I'll consider it. <laughs> Just consider it. Consider it. <laughs> Just consider it. Hey, how about, it's a, how it's a get, step how up. How about if I get? How about, how about? Wow. How about if I get two of them? You get it. Um. I don't know if I can make that deal. All right, all right. So here's what the if, way that I between the, other, the rest of us we get two out of five combined. Combined? Yeah. Um. I'm talking about how mysterious your list is here. Okay, we got we got a little bit of it. It's not really mysterious. What if you, what if I'll split it with you? <laughs> I, I'll consider it. <laughs> right. five five, there we baby. go. We have some commitment. We have some commitment. So for um, for this, 
I know I'm just dropping this on you guys, but I feel like because Tobin is getting ready to have some dinner with the family, um, I'm just going to go through my top five, and then Tobin, you can go through your top five, Corey, and then Tony, you know, saving him for last because it's so mysterious. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> it's not mysterious. I know. I'm just, I'm just busting chops, man. Just busting chops. So uh, for me, this is the top five segment. Um, not wanting to rush through this, but starting uh, right over. Yeah, we'll be right over. So, uh, so top five attires. Uh, every week, we're going to try to get a new top five list in here. And for this week, it's not only just entrance attires; it's an overall. It's different eras. It's different different clothes. You know, this guy's wearing different tights. This guy's wearing different colors. You know, every other couple years, couple months. And so for me, this was the 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 four that I had were easy. But the one that I, I couldn't figure out was tough. And that was, and I, I put this person in my top five. And it was between um, Heartbreak Kid, Sting, and Bret Hart were like my, like, like the Cinderella stories that were going to be put into the top five. And ultimately, after a half an hour, I'm not going to lie, half an hour of thinking, I put Sting in my top five as my number five. So you have Beat Sting, you have Crow Sting, you have Wolfpack Sting, which is the red and black. You have Joker Sting from Tony's favorite era in TNA. <laughs> and then you have Present Time Sting, which kind of goes back to Crow. Jesus Crow. Christ, I, I already lost. So <laughs> you have the man they call Sting. So Sting's on my list. For me, I'm going to go to Corey's boy. Next, I got Undertaker. The reason why he's in my list is because he has many different eras. Tobin can name all of them. I can't remember any of them, but I know you have the purple and the black. You have the gray and the black, and then you have biker. And then you have ministry, pre-ministry, ministry, post-ministry, and then you got all these other ones. And you got the one that he finished with, which is kind of a mix between you know, the old one and the new, the old, the older one, and he had the hat and everything. At whatever. Sorry, Corey, that I butchered it, but Undertaker's on my top five list. So be proud of me, goddammit. Then next, I got the Road Warriors. Road Warriors were huge in my childhood, even obviously before I was born in the in the mid and, and late 80s in the AWA and the NWA. Um, but they uh, obviously the Legion of Doom in the WWF. They're synonymous with tag team wrestling. They're synonymous attires with, with all wrestlers and especially tag teams with the uh, shoulder pads with the spikes. Awesome. Back in the day, they were black and silver when they were the Road Warriors. Then they changed it to the red and the black to kind of make it more kid-friendly. And I'm not going to lie, I had shoulder pads when I was at home. One of my favorite tag teams when I was five, six, seven years old getting into wrestling or the Legion of Doom. They had to be in my top five or else I don't consider myself a wrestling fan. Then the next one has to be in everybody's list. has to be or else I'm not friends with you anymore. And I mean that. It's the Macho Man. Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, our friendship was nice. Yeah, it's, really? been, it's been fun being on the podcast. Wow. wow, I, can't, <laughs> wow. I, can't, I can't believe you guys. You don't put Macho Man in the top five. That's, that's a what miscarriage Macho of justice. Man um, so I'm going to say I'll take, I'll do Sting. I did Sting, Taker, War, uh, Road Warriors, and Macho Man's number two. Okay. So I uh, think I'm going in order. And um, I wasn't, but yeah, that, that, that's what I'll definitely take. I know Sting was my number five. That was a tough one. Um, but yeah, he's uh, Macho Man is synonymous with with all wrestling, the, the history of wrestling, the Intercontinental title, the world title, um, him being in the NWO and WCW for some odd reason. But you have the cowboy hat, the tassels, 
just how how glitz and glamour they are. And they were all different colors. They were outlandish colors like lime green and orange and things like that. And just the way he carried himself, the Macho Man is synonymous with promos, wrestling, and story. It's like storytelling. Yeah. That, that's who the Macho Man is. And obviously my number one, God Bless America and God Bless the Nature Boy Ric Flair. If you don't have Ric Flair on your list, there's something wrong with you too. I guess I'm I'll still be friends with you because I just lost two friends in my last one. Um, well, you can add me to the list again. <laughs> so Ric Flair, the, you have a different robe for, for every, every day of the year. The man is synonymous with wrestling. He's synonymous with the greatest promos of all time, more so than the Macho Man was. And he's just synonymous with how you're supposed to be in wrestling as a wrestler. Kayfabe, how you're supposed to carry yourself as a heel persona. And he carried himself so well as a heel and just being living, living the life of with the four horsemen that he became completely over as a, as a wrestler and as a person. And people think that that was a character that Ric Flair was portraying. That wasn't every, a lot of people in the business said that's who Ric Flair was. And he was a partier and he was the limousine ride, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheel and the son of a gun. Woo. Ric Flair. That is my top five. Woo. Mr. Lucky Strike, you're next. So, Shane, I'm going to bookend your number one with my number five. My number five is Ric Flair <laughs> because he is the greatest of all time. The robes, the style, the class, custom made, head to toe. Nature boy, Ric Flair. You can't beat him. He's the best. I couldn't have a list without him being on there. Now, as far as his regular wrestling attire goes, pretty basic with, with the different colored trunks. The RF on his tights, the knee pads that aren't knee pads or shin pads for some reason, but and the boots that match. So he's my number five. My number four is the Stinger. I went with Shane here. Between Beach Sting, Crow Sting, Wolfpack Sting, Joker Sting, and all the other stings around, he's number four. Iconic. He's got the look. He's got the face paint. He's got it all. Number three is going to be the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I have always loved those heart tights, and every time he's come out with a different match, he's had different colored tights, whether it was red and black, black and red, green and black, blue and black, the gold and white that he won the title with at WrestleMania, the Texas flag ones at, at uh, what was that, Royal Rumble 97. The DX ones he had at WrestleMania 14 when he lost to Austin. All of them. He's with with his entrance with the cat with the chains and all that crazy shit. He was so flashy, he was so awesome. You can't ever take that away from him, Michaels. Especially even later when he had like the the wide leg pants because of his knee braces and stuff. Not my favorite, but it still worked. It was still different. It's still flashy. And then the DX stuff with the green and all that stuff. So he made it work. He's one of the greatest of all time too. My number two is going to be the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk. Those guys did it before anybody else with the shoulder pads. The vibrato of the entrances that they came out and they whipped ass. They had their haircuts all goofy. They made it work. They were so over the top, but it made it so cool. Those guys are awesome. But my number one. Roll, please. Is The Undertaker. He, he's been around the longest. He's had the most attires, the most stages, the most versions. He's done it the best. He's done it better than anyone else. 
The Undertaker is my number one. From the gray, the purple, the bat, the ministry, the biker, big evil, which is my least favorite, and his return, or he was kind of like an MMA, but still old school Undertaker to the very end when he fought Styles with his, I guess, back to the biker again. My honorable mentions, I will say, are Bret Hart with his pink and black, and he switched that up constantly. And that was, he was hard to take off the list. And Macho Man should be my number one. And I don't know why he wasn't, but he just missed the list. And Macho Man would be 5B, I guess. All right. So, Corey, you're next, sir. Okay, I just wanted I just want to say before I do my top five that I was able to separate my love of wrestlers from the love of certain attires. And before I start my top five, just a quick shout out to the New Day, paint by number costumes and Power Ranger costumes. Those things are awesome. Just didn't crack the top five. All right. Number five, I figured I better put this in the top. I better put this at the very bottom because this is more of a this is more of a joke, and I'll probably lose all credibility for even saying it. Fully loaded nineteen ninety eight. Sable. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic. Uh, okay, so number four, uh, current, like I said, this this may shock Shane a little bit that I put an AEW guy on there. Uh, Pentagon L zero zero. I was thinking in, that in the Joker, the Joker <laughs> stuff. God damn it! Now I have to consider it even more now. <laughs> yeah, he did it. I- I, like, I hate you I like so it. much. I like it even better than Mysterio's costume. I just like the the grittiness, the kind of the un un kind of wash look to it. Um, my number. My, my list number, is trash now. My number. My number three pick. Um, these are. This is kind of a. This is kind of a combo deal because they were created under the same concept. Uh, this is Glacier and Mortis. <laughs> I just. I just thought both of those their outfits were super awesome. Like Glaciers especially. I thought it was one of the most coolest things. Um, number two, I also have um, like Tobin, I have the road warriors down there. Um, I made a special note about WrestleMania 14 where they had the, uh, like the biker helmets. I thought those LOD were 2000. Cool. Yeah. I thought those were a cool addition. Um, and then my number one, um, nobody, nobody said this one so far, so I'm kind of happy that it's in my number one. Um, it's Vader with the Mastodon full helmet. Oh yeah. Big Van that, Vader. Yeah. That thing, when I saw it as a kid, I mean, I love that thing and I'll never forget that. Especially when the smoke came out of it. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, my top five was a little different. But like I said, I was trying to 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 separate my love of actual wrestlers from the love of their attires and their costumes. So and like and like puberty, Corey, when you know fully loaded ninety nine. Gotcha. I mean, like honestly, man. I, first of all, it's fully loaded nineteen ninety eight. Uh, oh, sorry. Second of all, I mean, I could I could have made a list of stuff I just saw during the Attitude Era, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh god, that could have been that could have been ICP crap. Could have been ICP. <laughs> so Tony, I think we were talking about this during the the green the green room segment, which nobody ever hears because I don't have time to edit it. Um, I want to put those like on an extra like side sidebar, like this is what we talked about before the show. But can you let the listeners know out there of the the deal that we came up with um, for you in a um, certain streaming service that has to do with the Southern Wrestling and TNA? I said, if you guys guess get the same picks I have, that I would consider getting the streaming service. How many though? It doesn't said- matter. You, it doesn't matter for the sheer fact that you guys did it. <laughs> we did it, Dad. We did it. That's all I wanted to hear. We did. It. 
So, okay. Tony, last but not least, top five attires. My number five is Sting, but the Crow Sting. All right. Just a just a crow sting. I'm not really a fan of the bleach blonde stinger named Steve Borden. Steve Borden. No. My number four is obviously me. Shane's number one should have been is Kane, the inverted look. <laughs> Kane. His his inverted look where it was mostly black with a little bit of red. Yeah, that was a pretty cool look. Yeah, I like that more than all of them. My number three is Penta L Zero, the Joker. Yeah, damn you, Corey. Corey did it, damn he did it. <laughs> my number two, my number two is HBK, especially the DX uh, attire from 97 in WrestleMania 14. Okay. Uh, when he had two different uh, DX ones, one that he wore at In Your House, D- Generation X. Um, before I get to my number one, I just have four honorable mentions. Uh the first one is The Undertaker from WrestleMania 14, LOD 2000, uh, Chris Jericho's looks whenever he was in uh, WWE when he had the long tights, not the shorty shorts. Okay. And Finn Balor as the demon. Yeah, you, you almost cracked my top five, too. Uh, my number one might shock people for the sheer fact that it's so uh, plain, but this man was told... That a man wearing black trunks and black boots will never make it in the business. My number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> nice. With or without vest. I think the vest works either way, and we lost Tobin, by the way. No, uh, he, 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 had, to he had to go. He had to go have dinner. So I didn't know he wanted to be he wanted to be like said, Hey, Tobin's leaving. Everybody everybody cheer. Yay. But anyway, yeah. My, my number one. Is stone cold for the sheer fact that my point with uh, a man with black boots and black trunks will not make it in this business and look at him. He proved well, that he doesn't, you don't really need to be flashy, but flashy does help, but you don't have to be. And you got to know when to, you got to know your audience. And even though you had to be a heel, the heels were the good guys. And from 97 to 2000. <laughs> Pretty much, guys that kick the shit out of everybody and their boss and boldies. People yep. love that stuff. And really, the only color he ever added to his attire, basically, were his different colored knee braces. Yes. Yeah. That's one, time, one time, didn't he have a white knee brace? He had white, red, and snakeskin. Right. Cool. So my honorable mentions, because um, I didn't get to them, because I wanted uh, Tobin to get his five in before going to dinner. Um, I have HBK, Bret Hart, uh, Jericho. We talked about them already. Um, but the one that I was surprised with, Corey, that you didn't pick, just because you like you really like him, is Roddy Piper with the kilt. Yeah, I just I, again, I think it's like like I told you in the text messages with the Undertaker. It's right. sometimes I I manage to like sometimes I, I it's more about the person wearing the stuff than the stuff itself that really sells me on them. And I think with the Undertaker and, and Roddy Piper, it was more the person than what they happen to be wearing. But I mean, that's not a bad pick at all. Right. So uh, my childhood as well. One of my favorite tag teams was Demolition. So I have those those guys in there. I love Ted DiBiase and the flashy. I was, I was kind of surprised guys. that nobody said demolition. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, they were, they almost made it. Um, they were probably like number, like they're in the top 10. Let's put it that way. Honestly, I'm surprised nobody said Ray Mysterio too. 
yeah, he was at the top. Like I was looking through some lists of like other of other uh, websites and stuff like that. Ray Mysterio was on there, just but I necessarily it's it, see for me it's tough to do what Corey did is like separate the wrestler from the attire. Like I like all five of my guys, and there's guys at the bottom that like I, I like all the guys that I have. I can't really pick out certain people, but like I have. Um, I used to love Rick. I love Rick Rude, and Rick Rude was my honorable mention. Like how he used to change his tights to like the storyline. One time it was um, it was uh, Jake. It was Jake Roberts' wife or something like that. Yeah, on his tights, and it was it was fantastic. Also, this would be surprising to you guys. I had Taz on here. I love the towel over his head um, and just his like mystique when he's walking out. And back in like old school ECW, the the War Machine song by Kiss. That was it. Like that was again gives me chills. Like he came down, and then his his partner in crime, Sabu, used to love Sabu, um, just with his like those like flowing like flashy pants, and then the turban pointing up in the sky. Oh man, I used to love Sabu. Back I'm also day. I'm also gonna add an honorable mention of the uh, Ultimate Warrior. Yep, yep. Uh, he was one top one of our top top guys when I was little. Um, used to love. I used to have an Ultimate Warrior uh, Halloween costume, and then we actually got one for my daughter as well. So she has one. Has like, but it has like the muscles in it. It's pretty funny. I used to have an Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy. One of those wrestling buddy. Yeah, I had that. Hogan and Hogan. Yeah, I had a Hogan wrestling buddy too. He he definitely does not crack my uh, honorable mentions. But doing this research for this, uh, I totally forgot. Does anyone else remember when uh, Zack Ryder Long Island IZ had the trunks with the one long leg on them right i totally forgot that until i was looking through this i did not did not know that so there you have it guys the first top five list top five attires tobin wanted to do a a big list so what i have right here from everybody's put together i have macho man rick flair the road warriors undertaker and sting you have hbk sable from fully loaded uh, Penta, Alcero, Glacier, and Mortis, Vader, Big Van Vader with the with the uh, um, Mastodon helmet, like the Mastodon helmet. Thank you, um, Kane, begrudgingly, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. With the, with Kane, the inverted look. Inverted look. Gotcha. I'll put it down for my notes. Jesus. Just actually, just write, just write down SummerSlam '99. Gotcha. SummerSlam '99. So there you have it, guys. Uh, if you please want to hit us up on Twitter, I know there was a, um, a shout out that I needed to do. But to be honest with you, number one, I'm not on Twitter. Number two, I don't remember who the person was. But thank you for listening and coming up with your top five attires list. I think his name is Jim with a bunch of numbers and everything. But Tobin didn't tell me who it was before he got offline. But Hang thank on. you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody out there for listening. Um, at Twitter, it's the at symbol, the number three three thirty three, and a third pod. And also hit us up on Instagram. Um, I know my cousin, uh, my cousin Michael Labati Studios. I'll do a cheap plug for him. He does excellent work. Masks. He does his own belts. Uh, he's doing a bunch of cane stuff. Uh, he sends it to me almost every day. Would he uh, possibly make me a bad blaster? You have to send him the bad blaster or send him a picture <laughs> of the bad blaster. That's a good point. Um, honestly, dude, like he, my, my cousin is, is multi-talented. So he could probably make you a bad blaster and, and get, get the details down to a T like he's insanely detailed person, with all of his masks and his work. 
That uh, that person was JRam ninety one nineteen. Thank you, thank you, Tony, for having Twitter and getting online. Um, yeah, JRam. Thank you for listening to the show. Appreciate all the love. Um, and uh, hit us up on Instagram, 33 and a third podcast. Um, next week's show, I usually say next week. It might not be next week. We don't know where we're going from here. But on next, um, on the next show. We're, we're going, going up, Shane. One- we're going up. We're going up. <laughs> we're, 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 we're going up. I'll do the best, do the best that I can, damn it. Uh, well, we're going to have Money in the Bank review and preview. Hopefully, uh, we're going to have uh, more AEW talk. Um, I, I'll just say it again. Tobin's rant was tremendous tonight. Like I said, I don't agree with most of it, but he was on point tonight. He was he, he was Ric Flair-esque. He didn't stutter at all. He just said what was on his mind and, and kept his head down and kept talking. Should we um, uh, should we do a top five uh, next week? Top five uh, cash-ins for Money in the Bank? You know what? We can definitely do it. I was going to leave it up to the uh, the text chain. Maybe leave it up to the, the Twitter for the Twitter <laughs> the Twitter followers uh, and see what happens. But no, let's do that. Top five on the next show. Top five money in the bank cashins. Otis number one. <laughs> I, I was I was going to talk about Otis, Otis during the uh, SmackDown segment. Uh, it's better left alone. Yeah, I shaved his beard and cut his hair. And they, they, they like called out like different like top wrestlers. He's gonna he's gonna hurt everybody. And like yeah, here it is. And poor Chad Gable, he deserves so much better. He's so talented, and he just gets shit on. But, but that's where we're gonna end. Chad Gable getting shit on. Perfect. But yeah, please hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Again, next week, top money in the bank cashins uh, for me, Shane Gazowski. For Corey Smug, SLB Black, and for Tony Big Eagle Sirachi, we bid you adieu. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time.